This is Cheryl Stabler. Welcome to season two of the Unshakable Woman podcast. We publish this podcast each Monday at 5.30 a.m. from Los Angeles and 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our mission is to profile women who have conquered tremendous tests in life, encourage women to reach for the stars, and remind our listeners that we are part of one big family called Sisterhood. The women interviewed on this podcast share their stories and encourage women on their purpose-driven journeys. You can also hear the podcast on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Show on TuneIn Radio at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time each Saturday. Join us this year on our new live Facebook collaboration with Uncommon Gospel. Each Wednesday, we speak live to women who are featured on the current podcast. Connect with us for 15 to 30 minutes each morning and subscribe to the podcast for alerts to new shows. Share the link and follow our team at Unshakable Woman on Instagram and Facebook. We all have a story. Join us soon and hashtag tell your story. Thank you for tuning into the Unshakable Woman podcast. Please stand by for our guest. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Unshakable Woman podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us this morning. You can listen to any other podcast and we love having you with us. Well, we are still continuing with celebrating women during Black History Month. And today I have a community guest on with uh, with us today. She is local to our community. Uh, she does a lot of things in our community. And uh, I think she is the perfect fit as a guest during this month in celebrating our history. Welcome to the show, Thea Marie. Oh, good morning. Thank you, Cheryl. Thea Marie Perkins. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, welcome, Thea Marie Perkins. Happy to have you. Thank you. You Our show celebrates women and their stories. And, you know, as I meet different women around the country, I can presume what their story may be, but there's always there's always that story that women have um, that they still haven't shared and maybe um, want to write a book about it, uh, maybe just speak with it with their family or with their girlfriends, or sometimes they just hold it in. But what is that story of triumph that makes Thea Marie an unshakable woman? What is that what is that story that resides in you that you can share with others to bless women who may be encountering a, a similar story? Uh, sure. Uh, thank you, Cheryl, for that question. Um, certainly, um, I, I would call myself a freedom fighter. Um, okay. I would definitely say that I've overcome some major obstacles when it comes to uh, navigating uh, the world, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, um, academia mm-hmm. as well as, um, you know, systemic racism, certainly, mm-hmm. y- y- you know, being a educator, mm-hmm. I've, uh, worked with the state of California as a credentialed educator, uh, teacher, secondary education in English as well, 
as recently receiving my administrative credential with a master's degree in education, mm-hmm. I think that I have really been privy to a lot when it comes to um, cultural bias, when it comes to um, just being able to survive when it comes. Yeah. yeah certainly in in this climate here, particularly in California, um, it's been tough. It's been very tough. Mm-hmm. So what's that story that resonates with you um, when you wake up each day and you put your feet on the floor and you are grateful? You are so grateful for that, just that, that that one lane that you just got through, was it accomplishing walking on the journey of education as a black woman? Um, was it being a champion for someone else in the school system? What is it about that education journey that has honed you to walk as an unshakable woman? Absolutely. I think every time my feet touch the glory to God, Mm -hmm. and to uh, Jesus Christ, my, my savior. I have to say that if it hadn't been for um, my faith, my walk, I think Mm -hmm. things may have turned out differently for me. Um, I'm from Chicago originally, Mm. from the South side of Chicago. And my mother, yeah, my mother was actually a teacher. My, my grandmother was a matron, uh, a school nurse. And uh, my father was a police officer for over 16 years for the Chicago Police Department. So I think um, my brothers and sisters and I were a bit sheltered when it came to the world, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one priority in my home was education. And I think my father, because of who he was in our community in Chatham on the South side of Chicago, and Mm -hmm. because of who my grandfather was, a Pullman Porter, we didn't really see a lot when it came to the violence and the Mm -hmm. uh, discrimination that was occurring. Uh, It wasn't until I think I lost my mom until I was able to, um, we moved to New Orleans that I was able to see racism firsthand. Mm. You know, my grandparents um, were from New Orleans originally. And when we moved back there from Chicago, it was like a culture shock. It was a complete culture shock. We came up in a completely African-American community in Chicago, shifting to this other community in New Orleans that was predominantly white. Um, that that was tough and mm-hmm. I had to try to understand what that meant I think it's really important to educate our children early mm-hmm. when it comes to our culture and the beauty of our culture because if you don't really do that early on it can scar a child it yeah. really can like my son is eight years old now and I'm already speaking to him about how to conduct himself when it comes to uh, the police, you know, and it, it just, it's disheartening, but we can do it. We can survive this. You know, I mm-hmm. went to Howard university mm-hmm. in Washington, DC um, before I graduated from the Tisch school of arts at New York university. Mm-hmm. So 
I, you know, I was in these institutions where I could see how people were being treated differently. And the mm-hmm. scripts and the types of stories that were chosen to be at the time, I thought lacked diversity. And so I spoke up. I ran uh, one or two or three different organizations at NYU at the time. I was the president of the Organization of Black Women. I worked with the, um, of the school arts theater uh, committee as well, which was called mm-hmm. a WAMU. Mm-hmm. And in, um, you, you know, at that point, I got a quick education when it came to dealing with boards. It was very political in dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, how to get your story told as a black student in um, a predominantly white institution. So mm-hmm. we had to do a lot of fighting. We really mm-hmm. did. And when I left that environment and came back to California, came to California, Rather, um, while things were more relaxed and we had the beach here, the same (laughs) systemic types of uh, things were in play when it came to trying to get stories told, what is getting green light, what is getting green lit in terms of being produced, who's getting the money to tell their story. So I started telling my own. I started Mm -hmm. telling my own. I started producing at a young age. Uh, uh, whether it was theater or independent film. I did um, the film markets, Pan-African Film Festival, Atlanta, uh, Boston. I traveled just telling stories. You know, one documentary in particular, which was called Black Theater Today, earned multiple awards um, with ownership you know, in trying to convey the fact that we as Black people need to have ownership of our own stories. Absolutely. And in order to do that, we need to start by having ownership of property Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being able to write and patent our ideas so that we can then monetize it. Mm -hmm. I love it that you have... um... You have a lifelong story tied to the voice of who we are, um, you know. And and I've known you for about a year. Can you talk a little bit about your work with the NAACP? Oh, sure. So again, I was very fortunate and blessed to learn about uh, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People early. Um, mm-hmm. who, who they were. I think what really attracted me to the organization was uh, through my family and how they really do champion um, the rights of children and mm-hmm. creativity and our self-expression and excellence. So that's mm-hmm. number one, what I was attracted to, the scholarship opportunities that were available for students um, to pursue higher education. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely came to Santa Clarita thinking that there would be a rich cultural heritage of <laughs> in our community of um, <laughs> and I soon learned otherwise it's the 1% white in uh, the school districts here 
mm-hmm. and that's higher than anywhere in probably almost LA County, save of maybe um, the ocean, you know, when it comes to the ocean uh, schools. So mm-hmm. I was very surprised because it's mostly Hispanic when it comes to LA USD in particular. Right. Um, the 5%, 5 to 8% African-Americans, though, still need to be represented here. So in that representation, it should really be 5 to 8% faculty, staff, when it comes to teachers and administrators. And I didn't see that at all. So I was very concerned mm-hmm. about that. And my son is very expressive. He is, you know, gifted. He scores, um, you, you know, at the top of his class in in you know, math and science in particular, and certainly his reading skills have a higher lexile. So I'm interested in how he's going to be served. How will he be served? And I didn't feel that that was happening. I spoke up about it. And there was an incident at the school where um, he was accused of something and the administrator at the time decided that they were going to call the police on my child, my seven-year-old child. And that was a turning point. That was really a turning point because I immediately contacted the NAACP. I immediately contacted all the resources that I could gather to try to battle this. You know, of course, since then, the prince is no longer with the district, but that's not enough. That's not enough. There really needs to be liaisons when it comes to the black population in our valley there needs to be liaisons in the school counselors in the school who have the experience with our black so it's not okay to say well you know we have this program and that program because that just doesn't really cut it we need to have black teachers black administrators there has to be programming in place There needs to be some sort of district advisory council that focuses on the needs of African-Americans. So -hmm. this is really where my passion is. And this has to be addressed. You know, if it's not my child, it's somebody else's child. And our our black boys in particular are not going to this. We are not going to stand for this any longer. Our children are a part of our community. They are a part of the world. They are gifted and beautiful and express themselves differently. Absolutely. Well, as a almost 20-year volunteer, um, an advocate for boards, education boards in this community, um, I've seen different levels of what you've expressed Um, you know, at the school board, um, at city council, um, even directly in the schools. For any parent who is listening to you, not just in our community, but this podcast is in 10 different countries. What would you say to that parent who needs to get up, shake it off, and address fairness for their child this week, this month, um, equity for their child. So they have a happy, healthy, and loving place to learn and to be educated. What would you say to that parent who's just tired um, and who needs some motivation? 
I would say reach out to your neighbors. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. I would say there is strength in numbers. I think that Mm -hmm. uh, a black some have become isolated uh, in and it's very important that we connect with each other, tell our stories with each other, support each other and come up with plans on how to address these things with a timeline, with a timeline. So it's, it's, it's okay to battle things on your own, but it's even better when you're battling with a team. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, I am so excited that I've met you. I'm so excited that you are part of our community and grassroots mama just pushing for change. Um, We are so very grateful that you are with us today. Do you have any last words um, for um, those who are possibly looking to get into education and change careers or those who are volunteering to help our children during this pandemic? Uh, Absolutely. I just want to thank you again. First of all, Cheryl, I'm honored to be a part. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, certainly I want to give a shout out to my church, California Worship Center with Pastor Warren Campbell, Erica Campbell. Um, who have really helped to guide me in terms of, uh, you know, going on this path, (laughs) Uh, walking this path in terms of making good decisions. You know, there's good trouble, good decisions, and then there's bad decisions. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I'm I'm, I'm a combination of good trouble and good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm going to have to save that quote. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, certainly I would say, um, you know, reach out and ask, ask questions. There's nothing as a dumb question. Mm. (laughs) You know, there's no Mm. such thing when it comes to you trying to get through the door or to try to make something happen, whether or not that is getting a credential for the first time, working as a substitute teacher, being able to educate for your child. Uh, in schools to apply for you know um, grants and scholarships for your child to get into college and or into an independent school there's avenues for all of this you know and it's oftentimes we as a community don't know about how to access those resources you know and and they're out there you have to ask you can't just say oh okay you know people pass the buck. So it's not okay for you to say, oh, okay, well, thanks for your help. You say, well, how, if you don't know, where do I go? How can I find out? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, we are so very grateful that you took time out of your day to share, to motivate, and to encourage um, not only possibly mothers, but women and and dads who may be listening today. We are um, grateful that you um, are walking and living and embodying that person who supports community. And so you, my dear, are an unshakable woman. And thank you so much, Thea Marie. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. (laughs) 
Now, everyone, I would like you to stand by for a word from our sponsors. Thank you again to Thea Marie for bringing with us today. And we're going to close our show with a single more and more. And, and sometimes we just need more and more of God to pour into us, um, to keep us moving in whatever lane that we are walking, whatever journey that we are experiencing. Remember to love, to forgive, and to live unshakable. Thank you again. And we will see you all next week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to share this amazing podcast with all of your friends and family. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into our show today. You have many podcasts to choose from, and we are so very grateful that you chose to tune into our wonderful sisterhood of unshakable women. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Unshakable Woman. If you want to call in and share your story, visit our social platforms on how to contact our team. A special thanks to our in-kind sponsors, Classic Public Relations, a Los Angeles public relations firm building your business brands, and music on the podcast titled More and More, written by Paul D. Hanna. Build your sisterhood tribe and live an unshakable life. We'll see you next week.
to give But this life, man, I'm struggling to live Gotta need you I'm all messed up, can't keep my head up This stress is getting the best of me, I'm getting fed up How can I give you more when I'm feeling so empty? Look in the mirror, the man I see, he doesn't look like me Man, I'm really going through, my thoughts are everywhere My mind's about to explode, this is more than I can bear But wait I know my options, why am I opting now? My contract's guaranteed, he promised he'll meet all my needs So, uh, there's nothing else to do but give you more of me So I can give you more of you, yeah